obsessed with all things ovine, there is seriously something about sheep and always something new to learn about keeping, breeding and farming them. Welcome to the Sheep Show podcast. I'm Jill Noble from Holston Valley Farm and Sheep Stud and your host. The Sheep Show podcast exists to help you no matter where you are in the world, what sheep you breed, what size your flock is. This podcast will help your sheep knowledge and your shepherding confidence grow. And it's a two-way street. I love to hear from you and find out how your sheep journey is going. Contact me via Instagram at Halston Valley Farm or via email jill at halstonvalleyfarm.com.au. Come along on this episode as we explore the amazing world of sheep and sheep farming together. high nutritional content, but they will never grow beyond their genetic capabilities. So whatever that genetic capability is in that particular lamb animal, that's their potential. That's their genetic potential. So obviously breeding and choosing good genetics to breed from is number one. Yeah. This also is reasons why you might not want to inbreed even if the progeny is terminal, you're going to eat it because um, genetically inbreeding can result in ill thrift or little weird and wonderful sizes in sheep and slow growing and all of that sort of stuff. So best genetics you can choose from really good growth patterns, particularly in your ram and um you know, good growth patterns in your ewes, even though that can vary sometimes um, in your animals, in particularly in your ewes, and I'll, I'll sort of explain that a little bit as we uh, as we move through. Um, the other thing, so uh, the other thing with genetics here is that the you've got to think about what is the uh, what is the birth weight of your lamb. So there's if you're thinking about a lamb. The two main weights are the weight at birth and then the weight at the time when you're going to perhaps slaughter that or that animal is going to enter into that meat market. So those are two sort of weight times. Um, And obviously the lighter that animal is at birth, the less or the lower, typically the lower growth rate. So if I just give you some examples of this, Um, A lamb that was a single lamb born is going to be heavier, is going to have no competition when it comes to milk, and therefore that animal will wean heavier than all your other animals. Compare that to some of my, for example, my ewe lambs that were born as triplets, and their birth weight is fine, you know, four kilos, maybe three and a half, four kilos, as opposed to five kilos, for example. But the the competition that that little triplet has, each of those triplets have for milk is going to be significantly less. Yeah. So you have two teats, they feed two lambs, two lambs can grow quite well. So the birth weight and the start that that animal has had in life. And again, that can be somewhat genetics, although we know that 
multiple births are more to do with environment than genetics, even though genetics do make a difference. So thinking about that, those two um, birth weights, uh, and then that um, that sort of if weight at the end or the weight you're aiming for at the end to, uh, to sort of think about there as well. Nutrition, food. So, wow, there's so much here to think about in terms of our lambs and our growing um, our growing animals when it comes to to food, particularly at weaning. Weaning is such a vulnerable time. They're literally having to transition from using um, one stomach to another. It's you know, and that's that's quite a serious thing. And hopefully, the better the the better chance they've had to activate their rumen, the more the more efficient their rumen will be compared to their abomasum, which has been digesting milk. So again, their 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 whole body is is shifting and changing. Plus, the stress placed on them when you wean them. Typically, some of them don't care, but some of them really get freaked out with their missing mum for the first time. And then the other thing would be because they're now eating pasture, they are highly, highly vulnerable to parasites. We'll talk about that in a second, but bear in mind, so animals that have um, lesser nutrition are going to be more vulnerable to parasites. So we've got to really think about getting the best nutrition we can into those newly weaned lambs, yeah? Plus the fact that their mineral requirement will be particularly high. Uh, my lambs, I cannot keep up with their requirement for seaweed meal. It is just astronomical, astronomical. And of course, you know, hopefully they've learned to take the seaweed meal because they've been seeing their mums take it and their mums basically teach them that's the right thing to eat. So they're getting it. But sometimes it's quite hard to administer seaweed and encourage all the lambs to get equal amounts and have all the lambs access to a particular tub of seaweed. So it's quite actually quite challenging to sort of um, allow for that. I have one paddock which we have been able to we've got a little hay shed but quite a big hay shed in this particular paddock so there's a permanent infrastructure set up in that paddock and we have permanent lick feeders in there and that has been amazing and if we were able to have one of those in every single paddock then they have constant supply they're able to sort of come take the minerals, move away, and then another lamb can come take the minerals and move away and so on. And then they can all, they're all going into that particular area, perhaps for a bit of respite, a bit of shelter. So they see the other ones doing it and then they get access. And that is just brilliant. And it's just been working really quite, really quite well for us. If you're interested, that lick feeder um, that we are using, which is not perfect for sheep, but you know, in the absence of you actually designing and creating and making one yourself, that one came from Advantage Feeders, which is a a sort of a plastic lick feeder that you can hang on star pickets or you can hang on a gate. And they're reasonably waterproof, although you need to direct it or hang it where it's not going to be facing the rain. So it has its own challenges. Anyway, it really, really does help. 
Also, from a feed and nutrition point of view, how much competition do they have? If you're anything like me, you've got all of your lambs in one paddock. (laughs) There's so much competition. So, of course, there are going to be shy feeders. There are going to be ones that just aren't quite able to hunt for the food. There are going to be the ones that find the food first. The older ones are going to have a much more developed rumen. So again, you're going to have those little anomalies within your within your flock. So the, but the better quality food, the higher that food value, the better that that lamb or the quicker that lamb will grow. Um, the other thing to think about, and, and oh, I, I cannot overestimate this, this particular thing is, see, are your lambs getting enough forage? What are they actually doing? Particularly for me, often when I go out and check my animals, it might be eight or nine o'clock in the morning. And what you want them to be doing at around that time is sitting down, chewing their cud. Yeah, sitting down somewhere, chewing their cud. If they are not, and if you're not seeing them at multiple times during the day, relaxing and chewing their cud, and they're walking around all the time, focusing on intake, they are simply not getting enough. Yeah, they are going to be losing a battle for a, that a growing lamb needs because if they're if they're short on pasture on forage, they're going to have to spend all of their time walking around hunting or looking for food in that particular paddock, and they're not going to have enough time to process that food, and therefore they're not going to be chewing their cud, so they're not going to be digesting properly. And they're going to be constantly going around all the time and and too much time walking. And and that's not good. That's what they should be doing. You know, a a happy lamb is a a laying lamb, a lamb that's laying down, enjoying what they have been able to actually gather, what forage they've been able to gather. And I think it's a really interesting one. I mean, you might have even... Her, you know, heard me talk about lambs. If, uh, are your lambs getting enough milk? And if they get up and stretch themselves, then one, they've been relaxing and, and lying down and then they get up and they're, they're stretched because they have been actually relaxed. And I even see this with my, my six month old, seven month old lambs. Now, when they are chewing their cud, they get up and they have a little stretch. And I think, oh, they're telling me that this paddock's okay, that what they're getting is what they need. You know, so you're observing that and really watching that. And that is helping you to make some decisions about your lamb. Obviously, you can see it a lot of the time in their condition. Um, if you're like me, you might be weighing your lambs. This year, I've been weighing my lambs a lot. So I think now they have been weighed maybe five times already. And that has been really, really interesting. So interesting that here, right at my little hand, I have a list of what I've described as my sort of heavy lambs, the ones that are VIP growing lambs, because I've done an analysis. I've also identified the ones that were the lightest And I've tried to identify why, for example, are they a triplet? 
Yeah? Okay. I'll, I'll let you have a free pass then, yeah? Or um, I'll go back and I'll look at the you and I'll look at any comments that I made on that you and then I've been able to make a bit of a list of cull yous because there's no reason why that lamb shouldn't have had a good start in life. They were born at an ideal birth weight. They had um, plenty of time. Maybe some of them, like this one, for example, I'm looking at here was um, number 20, born reasonably early in you know my sort of lamb cycle. But that mother isn't performing the way I would like that mother to be. Yeah. So I'm thinking, well, that you then needs to be removed from my breeding program. She might be fine in someone else's, but she's going to be removed from my breeding program because her progeny isn't performing to an average, to the average that are there. These are below average. These particular ones are below average for me. But again, Make sure you are looking at all the data you have got. You're not throwing out the baby with the bath water. You're not throwing out your little cute triplet just because she's four kilos lighter than everyone else because she's a triplet. She's got a lot of other things to offer you in your breeding program. And, And again, if there are elements, which we know there are some elements of multiple births associated with genetics, then you may want that multiple birthing gene in your breeding program. Not to say the triplets are ideal, but you get the program. So trying to make sure that there is enough nutrition, minerals, um, vitamins, that they're getting enough forage, that the quality of forage is good, that they're good clean water. All of those things are what we're wanting our little lambs to get to give them the best start um, that they possibly can. Yeah. Any lick blocks, any salt, anything like that, again, is going to help them utilize the feed to the best of their abilities that they particularly can. Last area, before we get to sort of the aging area, but the last area would be the environmental conditions. Now, environmental conditions can include stress. For example, are they being chased by, you know, foxes or dogs or whatever it might be regularly, you know, that's going to cause additional stress to that particular animal and that's not going to be good for their well-being. But that's unlikely. Um, Are they uh, experiencing very challenging weather conditions? So is it unseasonally hot? Is it unseasonally cold? Is it rainy? Um, Do they have shelter in their paddock? Do they have shade in their paddock? All those sorts of things. Because all those things can make a difference. Even if there's forage there, they may not feel like eating because it's too hot. Yeah. So different things to think about would be around that. And probably the, the, the other key thing with lambs is that because they are growing And because they are new to their environment, they are highly susceptible to a worm burden. Whereas older animals have developed a natural immunity. Now you can, of course, breed to increase a natural immunity in your flock. And at the same time, you've got to be aware of the fact that your lambs will not gain weight if they are experiencing a parasitic load. 
And that can include even somewhat benign parasites. For example, tapeworm. So tapeworm is probably the most obvious worm because you can actually see it with the human eye. The most obvious worm that you're going to see in your lambs and particularly in your newly weaned lambs. Now the challenge with tapeworm is that it will need a white drench. I think I've talked about this before on some on uh, some podcasts, uh, a praziquantel drench. So it's a very particular chemical ingredient to deal with the tapeworm. Tapeworm won't kill them, but it will cause ill thrift and they will not be growing or putting on weight to the capacity that they actually can. And that's not ideal. You know, you want to give them the best chance, the best chance that they actually can have in, um, in, in, in life. Well, what we know about tapeworm is the tapeworm actually can absorb the nutrients from the food and therefore you get skinny lambs. Yeah. So if they've got a, a high worm burden, so monitor the worm burden, monitor the conditions, for example, um, different weather conditions can be associated with different worms. So watching for weather conditions that might be associated, for example, with barber's pole worm, hot, wet, humid, those sorts of conditions, even if it's not raining, if it's wet in the morning, yeah, wet dew on the grass in the morning can be enough to increase that barber's pole worm burden. The best way to do it is to do uh, to monitor the worm egg count in a fecal sample, and then you'll be able to know for sure. And go back and have a listen. If you haven't listened to the podcast with Robin Smith from Num Nuts um, or Robin's dad uh, talked about Barbara's Vax, have a, uh, a listen to those two podcasts. They'll definitely help you with your your lambs, getting them the best start in life, particularly with um, the Num Nuts device and giving them um, some pain relief when they're tail ducks, because that can cause a problem with them before weaning. And then the Barber's Vax as well, which Barber Vax, which is a great option if you have challenges with Barber's Pole and you don't want to be drenching too frequently. So, um, yeah, so parasites, and as I said, particularly... Um, Barber's pole for me and tapeworm for me will probably be the two the two main main ones to think about there. So those things are the main things, the main three things that would impact your lambs. Now, older sheep. Why might older sheep be skinny? Older sheep might be skinny because they may have. Um, ovine yoni's disease, which is a degenerative disease like the human version of Crohn's disease. So basically it's a disease where their intestines and bowel starts to sort of steal nutrients. And even though they're eating, they are not being able to um, survive or thrive. So they will look skinny. Now, a lot of studs will vaccinate for ovine yonis with a vaccine called Gudare, uh, like we do, for example, and that means that your entire breeding herd, breeding flock, are protected. But it's not impossible that they wouldn't get it, but that could be one reason, particularly if you see multiple ewes uh, who are very skinny. 
Uh, other reason for your ewes being skinny would be their teeth. Do they have a full mouth or a broken mouth? Go back and have a listen to the podcast episode on teeth. It's quite a short one and it will help you work out about teeth. But basically, your you will need uh, teeth to be able to eat. If she has worn down teeth, flattened teeth, missing teeth, or a broken mouth, um, or even a very gummy mouth, then she may be it may be challenging for her to get enough feed and utilize that feed, chew that feed, and that's going to impact her her health. I'm always amazed at how sometimes even the skinniest of yous, after you wean her, just blooms. Yeah, just blooms. She's been able to focus on herself, stop feeding lambs, and she's been able to sort of put on weight. So, you know, don't worry if your ewes are, are skinny at weaning. That's kind of what they should be doing. And bear in mind, they're probably going to have four months to get themselves back into tip-top shape before they get pregnant again, which is what they're supposed to be doing. So if they're skinny, check their mouth and uh, and and, uh, and make sure that they're in tip-top shape for to rejoin. So... Um, and that, of course, that the, the yonis and the teeth, they are particularly relevant for older sheep. Obviously, older sheep can get parasites. Obviously, older sheep need the nutrition and obviously genetics can impact older sheep too. But by and large, our lambs are the most vulnerable and the lambs are where we're wanting to see a growth rate. Probably a growth rate of, if you can get it, 200 grams per day. 200 grams per day growth rate is what you should be aiming for. So if you wean and you weigh them at weaning and then you weigh them again three weeks later, they should have put on between three and five kilos. Am I right there? Three and five? Yes, three and five kilos. Yeah. So that sort of idea. So that's the sort of growth pattern you are wanting your animals to get to. Obviously, there's going to be breed differences. Just bear that in mind. Not all animals have a mature weight that would be equivalent to that sort of growth pattern. And bear in mind the birth weight, all those sorts of things. But that's typically uh, in a commercial environment, maybe 100 grams per day. But most of us are probably going to be aiming for a little bit more than that if we can. So hope your lambs are thriving and surviving and growing well for you this season of the sheep show podcast please take a moment to share this episode via your podcast app email or social media channels each share helps us reach listeners just like you who can benefit from our sheep focused content let me know how your sheep journey is going contact me via instagram at holston valley farm or via email jill at holstonvalleyfarm.com.au until next time sheep well